Hello, this is Joe, the Connection Counselor, and today on Executive Presence Morsels, we'll be sampling another bite-sized learning to help you be seen, be heard, and be elevated. Hello, I'm so excited to see you today and share with you an exciting milestone. This is episode 30. So we've reached 30 consecutive daily episodes on Executive Presence, where we get to have a little conversation and I get to share my thoughts and insights with you to hopefully help you generate more Executive Presence with the ultimate goal of elevating your career, right? Because with more Executive Presence, you not only get access to more opportunities, you get access to the best opportunities. So thank you so much for all your support over however long you've been listening. And I am just so excited that we can be here together for episode 30. Now today I want to share with you something that has just really confused me and lots of other professionals for most of our career. I wish so many of these things, I had learned these earlier on when, let's say, when I was in our my 20s or or maybe even mid-20s after I got out of law school. I think it would have helped me so much more in my career. No complaints. Very happy with where I am and how things have gone. I just think it would have been really tremendous to know these uh, as a younger professional. So if you are just getting started out or uh, towards the beginning of your career, hopefully this will give you a jump start over some of your colleagues. Although the real competition is always, uh, obviously, with yourself and improving yourself and fulfilling your own potential. So this episode is about feedback and how feedback, while necessary and helpful for learning and improvement, in the context of executive presence or the feedback you get in an organization can often be a little bit deceptive and damaging. Now, why is that, right? If you think about feedback that you get from people, Essentially, similar to executive presence, it's how that specific person feels about your performance, right? It doesn't actually um, mean your performance or your potential. It means their perception of your performance or your potential. Now, the reason why that's important is this is the person who's going to be representing you. This is the person that you have to do the work for. So their opinion does matter. Don't get me wrong. Um, however, I think as a younger professional, often we almost take it as you know the law or the word from upon down high. If the person gives us some sort of feedback, well, we must be doing it right or we must be doing it wrong. When in actuality, it's just their perception, right? And I don't, I don't mean to say opinion like it doesn't matter. It does matter, but the limits of what it can actually tell you is more limited, right? It's not telling you what other people would think. It's not telling you what everyone else will think. It's telling you specifically what this person thinks about your performance. So that feedback is very specific and very limited. Now, how can this be a problem? Well, the problem can come because your manager can change, right? So your manager can tell you, Joe, you need to do A, B, and C if you want my job, 
or if you want to go to the next level, or if you want to transfer, or if you want to become CEO, you need to be able to do A, B, and C. So what do you do? You sacrifice your family, you sacrifice your friends, you sacrifice your health, and you work, you labor, blood, sweat, and tears to get A, B, and C, and you get A, and you get B, and you're just about to get C, and guess what? A new manager comes in, and they say, Joe, what are you doing? A, B, and C, so wrong. You need to do D, E, and F. What? Right? You've spent however many months or years of your life, right, following this, and I'm doing air quotes, feedback from your manager, and someone else comes in and tells you something totally different. Now, does that make what your initial manager said invalid or what the new manager says invalid? No. It just means we have to understand the limits of the feedback, right? It's personal to that person, right? And the reason why this matters for executive presence is it's all about inspiring confidence that you can lead well in a given situation. And often when people give you feedback or tell you that you need more executive presence, that's really what they're telling you, right? It's not that you actually need to speak with less of an accent, which I find a little offensive anyway, or that you need to treat people nicer, which you often hear uh, people telling women that, and I find that kind of offensive as well because the fragile male ego can't handle it. doesn't mean there's anything wrong with the way that they're treating men in the group. So it really matters that your executive presence comes through so people can be inspired that you can lead well in a given situation. It's not so much about any specific thing you do. It's not about any specific reaction. So you can continue to do all the things that your boss tells you not to do, and you can add plenty of new ones as long as they inspire confidence that you can lead well in a given situation. And then even your boss, if they're able to feel that, then all those problems seem to go away. So. People often use executive presence as kind of a throwaway to say, you need to work on something because I don't believe you can lead. It's like a lack of confidence in your leadership. And then so you, wanting to be a good employee, say, well, what do I need to do? And oftentimes, you know, managers, they don't really understand what it is that that is making them lack confidence in you. So then they throw out really obvious stuff like public speaking, you need to speak up more in meetings. No, not necessarily. If speaking up more in meetings leads you to do things that decrease people's confidence in you, that's exactly the wrong thing to do. What really needs to happen is how you conduct yourself has to help people have confidence in your leadership. And if speaking more in meetings helps you get there, then yes, do that. But not for the sake of doing something just because a manager told you you need to do X, Y, and Z. You will feel really foolish if you don't get there or things change and you wonder, well, and you'll be feel resentful. Like, hey, I did everything that I was told to do, that you told me to do. And what you're going to hear back is, well, you still don't got it. And now what are you left doing, right? Your time is much better spent figuring out how to inspire confidence, not just in your manager, but across the organization, because that really will open up opportunities for you to truly fulfill your potential. 
This is an area that really confused me for so many years. And when I finally figured it out, I realized, okay, I don't have to take all feedback at face value. I do need to consider it and process it and figure out how it applies to my ability to inspire confidence. However, it's not an arbitrary must do. And hopefully uh, that's something you figured out already or it's something you can reflect on and it can really help you make the most of your feedback. Um, and I call that the feedback shell game, right? Because you know, you're, you're trying to do something and then you think it's there and the shell's gonna be there. Oh, oh, sorry, the shell's not there. <laughs> Too bad, so sad. Please play again, ante up another $20 or, or whatever it is, or another two years of your life, um, which I don't think is a, a great way to go about things. Anyways, thank you so much for uh, being with us for this 30th episode of Executive Presence Morsels. I'm Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor. Remember, it's not what you say, do, or wear. It's how you make people feel that generates executive presence. Nothing else matters. If you'd like, please stay tuned for a preview of tomorrow's episode, brought to you by our sponsor. Hello, welcome to Season 4 of Executive Presence Morsels. Today we're going to talk about Executive Presence as it applies for women. Now, I have to be a little bit careful here and humble because I'm not a woman, so I can't really imagine or know um, all the nuances of what it must be like to try to have executive presence as a woman in an organization. As my wife has taught me, I have plenty of blind spots and plenty of issues. So I'm not here to say I'm an expert or the, on this issue or can magically make um, anyone's uh, executive presence issues just disappear, um, especially if you're a woman, which I don't have any direct experience of being. What I'm going to try to do here instead Thanks for listening. Can't wait to share the rest of the episode with you. Join us next time for another tasty executive presence morsel. So.